Hi, and welcome back to the Cornered Pages podcast. I'm Ashna Cha, and today's topic uh, might be one of the saddest and most horrifying specters that nature can do to a person. If you've seen the documentary film, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, you'll already know what I'm talking about, and why I say that this syndrome can be very sad for the sufferers and anyone close to them. If you can imagine this happening to you, you would no doubt agree that this is possibly the most frustrating of all human conditions. But let me now explain what I'm talking about in this episode of The Cornered Pages. What is the locked-in syndrome? Okay, let's start with the movie I just mentioned, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Imagine this. You are a famous editor leading a team at Elle magazine in France. You are a handsome socialite, clever, funny, and live an exciting and invigorating life. You have two children that you dearly love. Then one day, you have a stroke and fall into a coma. 20 days later, you awake. Except, you don't really awake. Not fully. You can hear and see and think and perform any mental task you want. But you can't move. You're locked in. This happened to the editor in question, Jean-Dominique Bobby, in 1995, when he was just 43 years old. He wrote a book while he was in this condition, as the one thing he could do was blink. And while it was utterly laborious, he blinked the letters of the alphabet using a special system to someone taking notes. Here's a quote from this blinking, dying man. I am fading away, slowly but surely, like the sailor who watches his home shore gradually disappear, I watch my past recede. His condition is often called a pseudocoma because in many ways you're still in a coma. Perhaps Mr. Bobby was fortunate though, in view of the fact that he didn't have total locked-in syndrome. That is when you can still think but not move anything at all. You're still thinking, but no one knows that you are. Scans, however, will reveal that there is activity happening inside of the brain. In the case of a locked-in syndrome, 50% of the time it's the person's friends or relatives that usually notice the patient blinking at them in a way that shows that they are conscious. Let's discuss this some more. The main cause of locked-in syndrome is brainstem hemorrhage. This is bleeding in or around the brain, which could be caused by high blood pressure, extreme drug abuse, brain trauma, tumors, infection, or heart disease. It can also be caused by something called an infarct, which means the dying, or in medical terms, the necrotizing of tissue. This is because the area has been deprived of blood. For those that have a stroke, about 1% will develop the condition of locked-in syndrome. If you have locked-in syndrome, you could probably be like that for a long time, but only if you have constant care around you. You can't really do anything on your own, and that includes breathing, so you need help for that. It cannot be treated, but you may live as long as 10 years since the disaster first strikes. In very rare cases, people regain some motor functions back. And in even fewer cases, 
uh, people made a full recovery. While most people have their cognitive functions fully intact, a National Center for Biotechnology Information report tells us that in one study consisting of 44 people with the condition, 8 people said that they had memory problems and 6 others had attentional defects. Some people even retain their proprioception, something sometimes called the sixth sense, which is the ability of the mind to know what the rest of your body is doing or where the parts of the body are. What about those two people that seemed to miraculously come out of being locked in? One of them was a British woman called Kate Allett, who had a stroke in 2010 and later woke up from a coma. She knew she had woken up and even thought about her chores, but she was locked in. While this may sound like a good thing in light of almost being dead, she wasn't happy at all, especially as others didn't realize she was thinking, and worse, feeling. She told the BBC in 2011, I wanted a pillow over the head. I hated it. My life was nothing like it was, and I was going to be forever an observer in my kid's life. I just wanted to be put out of my misery. But then one day, she noticed that she could move her thumb, if only very slightly. She later learned how to speak again, and some time later walked out of the hospital. In 2009, a former British police officer called Richard Marsh had locked-in syndrome. And he too has recovered. Well, 95% recovered. He told the Guardian, my brain protected me. It didn't let me grasp the seriousness of the situation. It's weird, but I can never remember feeling scared. I knew my cognitive abilities were 100%. He said that one of the worst things about having the condition was when his wife was in the room with the doctors, telling her he had a 2% chance of survival. And if he did come out of the coma, they didn't know he was locked in, he would be a vegetable. I could hear the conversation, and in my mind I was screaming no, he told the Guardian. Tony Nicholson, a man who had a stroke in 2005 and then locked-in syndrome, actually wanted to die, and fought the British government for the right to do so, by means of euthanasia. He could communicate with his eyes, but he said the condition was exhausting and the life he had was undignified. The Guardian even arranged for an interview with the man with the public via Twitter. When asked if using Twitter made him feel better and want to say alive, he tweeted back, No, because I still can't speak. Speaking is important to me and Twitter cannot alter that. When asked what his first thoughts were when he came around from the stroke and realized he was locked in, he replied, Bloody hell, this can't be happening. I don't want to be paralyzed. He said even though no life is a sad thing to think about, ending it is all he thinks about. In 2012, after never beating the government for his right to die, he died at home from pneumonia. So how do you think you would deal with locked-in syndrome? Would it be stressful and difficult to communicate with your eyes? Would it be a good enough reason to live? Or would you want to have your life taken away? How about those few days when no one knows you're somewhat awake? 
How do you think you'd feel? How about you let me know by messaging me at cornerpages at gmail.com. That is all for today. Make sure to give me a review. Uh, follow me on my Instagram and Twitter. And I will be back with another interesting topic.